Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday, I guess happy Wednesday night after that baseball game we just witnessed, but welcome to another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online can be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports events, including NBA Summer League. Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in action. Bet online where the game starts. And our new friends, which surprisingly Nick was the one that made this relationship and not me, at Black River Baseball Cards. Baseball cards are back in, in Black River Baseball Cards is your number one spot to find the hits. Looking for Joey Votto cards? We have them. Tyler Stevenson, Luis Castillo, or Barry Larkin? Got those too. How about a Reds Law for a new collector? We have exactly what you're looking for. BlackRiverBaseballCards.eCrater.com has everything from vintage cards, color parallels, refractors, autos, relics, rookies, and more. And for late night Reds Talk li- Live listeners, Black River Baseball Cards is offering 10% off any order. Just go to BlackRiverBaseballCards.eCrater.com and use the promo code Late Night Reds at checkout to get 10% off any order. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go follow Black River Baseball Cards on Twitter for more special deals at, at BlackRiverBC1. With that being said, we can go ahead and start this week's show as it's Yankee week after we had Mets week last week. So we're just kind of knocking out the burrows, I guess. Uh, I'm Tim Daniel. Excited as always to be with our excellent panel, our producer who puts it all together, Mr. Nick Kirby. Hey, what is going on? Happy to be here. Hey, a fun week of baseball for the Reds. Not going to let a 10th uh, inning loss to the Yankees bring me down. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Also joining us, former big leaguer who has pitched at the original Yankee Stadium. We'll talk about that later in the show, Mr. Carlos Guevara. What's happening, boys? How's it going? Stay, you, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And you hear her voice, uh, one of the great people in baseball to follow on Twitter. You can check her out on Locked On Yankees five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also on Twitter at Stay Scott. This is Miss Stacy Gatsulius. Welcome to the show. Thanks for agreeing to come on super late in the night, but we're pumped to have you. I'm a night owl. This isn't late for me. This is early. (laughs) Stacy is also one of the people I met through um, Locker Room that we've now had on the show because I was in there with her and Jeff Carr one time on a random Thursday afternoon, I think. We were just talking baseball and I was like, all right, we're friends now. Cool. So now (laughs) we are all... Doing pods together and stuff, and obviously uh, the second of a three-game set tonight at Yankee Stadium, where the Yankees pull a tenth-inning victory, seven to six against the Reds. We do have the Reds having a three back-to-back-to-back homers in the second inning, um, but yes, the Reds do have their five-game lo- winning streak snapped. Uh, last night, obviously, a crazy game where uh, the Reds come back and win when they're down three nothing in the ninth and score four. Garrett Cole, even when he's awesome, still can't get wins against the Reds. Still. <laughs> Holding, holding that strong to that. So uh, obviously, Stacy, it's been a pretty great year for the Yankees through 88 games at 62 and 26. Um, they're obviously a team that's in the hunt, not only for the, you know, potentially solid World Series contenders, but also at the trade deadline, which we'll be talking about a certain 
Reds pitcher who is being targeted by the Yankees as well. But when you look at this season, and obviously up for us, our good friend Aroldis Chapman, who we got to see pitch tonight, uh, is obviously taking a little bit of step back in his role. And Aaron Boone is uh, looking – his record is making him look like a better manager than I hear Yankee fans complain about. Um, but – what is it about this Yankee team where it just seems to have finally come together? Because it's not like they like spent a ton of money in the offseason, but they've all but they're the Yankees. So obviously, you know, uh, I know people were upset about their inactivity, but it seems like their inactivity has really kind of worked for their favor so far. So far, yeah. I feel like um they've been they've been good and lucky at the same time. You know, there's no denying that they were good this first half of the season and the things that they used to have problems with even in 2021 weren't happening. And Boone is one of those problems. Uh, you had jokingly mentioned how Yankee fans like to blame Boone for a lot of things. And the Boone losses have been few and far between this season so far. Um, there've been a couple in the last few days, but um, yeah, just the pitching is overperforming. Uh, both starters and bullpen, although the starters have been taking a step back. We don't know what's wrong with Luis Severino. Something was obviously wrong because his velocity was down from the jump, so it didn't look good to begin with uh, in tonight's game. Jamison Tyone has taken a big step back. He had an eight-inning outing against the Angels about a month and a half ago or a month ago, and since then, downhill. So some of the things that were working for them when they were really on that roll it's kind of hurt them in the last few days, but I'm not going to complain about 62 and 26 at this point in the season because no one would have predicted it. So you, you won't hear a lot of complaints from me about that. Yeah. And obviously the, the year Aaron judge is having certainly doesn't hurt either with already having 30 homers. Right. Well, yes, he's slowed down a bit and I know he's had some, Lower body soreness is what they're calling it, which is why he's sat out a few games the last week or so. And um, it seems to be affecting him because he's not looking that great at the plate. And hopefully he'll get better. And maybe I don't think he'll he won't um, pass Maris in the home run race. I don't think he will. But he'll you know, maybe he'll be close to what he did in 2017 when he had 52. Well, 53, but they called one back. It should have been 53. <laughs> They ruled it a double, even though it bounced off a fan in the in the stands. I've never forgotten that. So every time they mentioned Pete Alonso having more home runs than him because he got 53, it's like, no, Judge actually had 53. <laughs> yeah. We had that happen to us last year with Jesse Winker in Arizona. I remember that? The one that bounced off the chair? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Some of the stuff that's happening with like umpires and calls and stuff. I mean, we could talk about the home plate umpire tonight because he screwed both teams. It was uh, brutal. It was brutal. so bad. Brutal. Unbelievable. And that trip Gibson Gibson guy against the Red Sox on Sunday night calling three called strikes to Stanton. None of them were strikes. Just I, I the robots cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> that's your uh, your your music to Nick's ears. So <laughs> I mean Stanton was getting screwed all night tonight too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know it's cow. not easy in three to be, at bats. Yeah, I know it's not easy to be an umpire, but when a ball like the strike three to Gallo wasn't even over the plate at any point, and he was so definitive with that call, like, yeah, let's strike three. And I don't know how Gallo didn't, you know, freak out more, but I feel like most umpires, you know, if you've been in the league a while, like if you're a Joey Votto, um, a Stanton, a judge, and 
you have a bicker about a call that the umpire will give you the benefit of the doubt next time. Not judge. But judge didn't. Not judge. Ju- they yeah. showed a graphic last week. In his career up to that point, since twenty since he was a regular in 2017, he had had 433 balls called strikes out of the strike zone. And most of those were below his knees because they oh still can't figure out how to call the strike zone for a guy who's six, seven. It's like, he's been in the league for five years. You have to maybe figure this out by now. I mean, what are they going to do the same thing to O'Neill Cruz too? You know, like figure it out. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> well, for you guys, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, he'll <laughs> probably be a Yankee in like 10 years. So, you know, wasn't that funny though, seeing O'Neill Cruz and Aaron judge standing next to each other. Cause usually when you see judge next to someone, it's like Jose Altuve who looks like his child. And when you see someone who's eye to eye with Aaron judge, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like seeing two small forwards in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have to ask before we get into the Luis Castillo talk. Um, obviously being Reds fans, um, you know, there's a special spot in our heart for a role to Chapman. And it seems like obviously, um, He's not who he once was. The sharpness isn't where it was, but didn't look terrible tonight. You know, had a couple, you know, had a base hit that you gave up, but, um, you know, is it just kind of his age is catching up to him in your eyes? Is it just like, you know, cause he's it's still hitting 99. Right. But... You know, he's not going to hit up 105 anymore. 103, you know, those days are gone. And it's, I mean, you know, when you throw that hard and when you throw that much, the velocity is going to go down at some point. And it's just that, you know, 20 years ago, the average fastball was like 89.5 miles per hour. And now it's up to almost 95 miles per hour. <laughs> and, you know, you're seeing these guys hitting 97, 98, 99 with regularity. And then when you see your oldest Chapman do it, it's like, oh, no, what's wrong with him? And that's just such a weird thing to think. But, you know, yeah, age is catching up to him. The usage is catching up to him. And if he can get a slider to work and you know, mix his pitches a little better if the, you know, catchers can have him mix his pitchers better, pitches better. You know, Clay Holmes's night last night was a very strange, he couldn't grip the ball. It was obvious from the first pitch, he couldn't grip the ball and he was having a little bit of trouble again tonight. Um, But I think he'll be okay. He just might be a little overworked. I like Aroldis Chapman as a setup guy now, and hopefully Boone will keep it that way but you know it's not a bad thing for a former closer to be a setup guy no no not at all yeah uh, and yeah, as you know. said he wasn't that terrible tonight which was nice to watch for us because woof, he's had some bad outings this season so it was good to see him not be terrible because <laughs> yeah, the old shadow we know is you know if it's the ninth inning and he comes in it's like two to one you have no worries right so mm-hmm. um, I yeah that. watching Holmes last fun. night was like watching Chapman in the beginning of the season all right so i know one of the big reasons we had to have you on here is obviously uh luis castillo talk uh we talked about the mets last week as a potential target now the yankees um obviously a target you're seeing a lot of teams reach out the dodgers leaked yesterday as a conversation uh nick put up a thing on at late night on late night reds on our twitter account late reds where you can see his breakdown of an idea for a trade but this is obviously probably the biggest name pitching wise on the market um, you just talked about Jameson Tyon taking a step back. Not 100% certain what's going on with Lee Severino. So this is a name that obviously has to be very attractive to Yankee fans, right? Oh, yes. I mean, he has been for a bit, but now that, 
you know, some of these things are starting to happen. But even before some of those things started to happen, it was always in the back of people's minds that the pitching wasn't going to stay that good and that maybe the Yankees, because a lot of people are calling for the Yankees to get an outfielder, but I think they should get a starter first and then worry about the outfield and trading away Joey Gallo. <laughs> get Luis Castillo first. <laughs> we'll take Joey Gallo. Yeah. Joey I Gallo mean, that Castillo? ballpark, he'd sure. have fun there. Um, yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> Speak for yourself, brother. If, if he had more, if he had more than two months of control, maybe. But I don't know what he's going to do in a ninety-loss season. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. But yeah, so obviously, I mean, I know one of the things that's kind of been going around is that um, for Luis Castillo, the, Yan- the Reds have been checking out a couple of people that uh, that the Yankees have as far as prospects, including uh, Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza. Uh, So, you know, what can you tell us about those players as potential prospects for the Reds? Is the prospects kind of your thing that you can kind of get into or? Well, luckily I had our prospects guy on my show the other day, and he was talking to me about these guys. Now, my thing about Volpe is they didn't get rid of him to get, any of the like they didn't sign any of the guys in the offseason they didn't trade for anyone in the offseason to play shortstop like they traded Isaiah Kiner Falefa but that wasn't what everyone wanted them to do and they were holding on to Volpe and I don't think that he would be part of a deal for Luis Castillo as much as the Reds would want that because the Yankees were so careful in not dealing Volpe and really making sure that he stayed around maybe Peraza um our prospect guy was saying that maybe Jason Dominguez should be in a deal. <laughs> now he's really young. He's still only 19, but he's having not a great time repeating high a, and he's not doing as well as people want him to. He's not as disciplined. And the prospects guy was thinking that maybe a change of scenery and less pressure would be better for Jason Dominguez and that maybe he could be part of a package. I don't see Volpe going. And I also, I don't know, Peraza's doing really well. And I feel if Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you know, he made his 10th error tonight. Um, If he keeps not doing that well at shortstop, I wouldn't be surprised to see possibly Peraza at some point later this season. But I don't know what kind of a package you could do for Luis Castillo. Um, but I really think the Yankees would hold on to Volpe. I don't think he would be part of it. I can tell you that the last few times the Reds have made a deal with the Yankees involving prospects, um, it's been pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> trading Denny Nagel for Drew Henson, yes, the former Michigan Wolverines quarterback, oh, is definitely a memory that I never want to remember ever again as a Reds fan. Mm-hmm. That was painful. Um, well, obviously, I don't really want to remember Eric Chikaila. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For some reason, yeah. he left the Reds and it just kind of went like that. But um, obviously, yeah. the role of Chapman trade getting Eric Chikaila didn't work out. Um, so, you know, maybe this is the one, Nick and Carlos. Maybe this is the one hey, for the Reds, right? The, the last one was Sonny Gray. I mean, we're on a roll. Let's. That was a major league player. I'm talking hey, prospects. Hey, that was the last yeah. trade, though. Last trade. That's We're on a true. Roll. The Sunny Gray roll. one did work out for us far more than it did New York for him for some reason. Yeah, I was very disappointed in the Sunny Gray thing. I wanted things to work out for him. The pitching coaches were screwing with him. I think that if he had come to New York when it wasn't Larry Rothschild and it was actually Matt Blake, I think they would have done better by Sonny Gray and would have used his better pitches instead of trying to change his 
repertoire, which is what they kept trying to do with him. And it just it drove me crazy. So I was happy to see him go because I knew that it would be better for him to leave the Yankees. But it just annoyed me what they did with him. We liked him. We miss him. Yeah. That's my guy. I felt bad for him. <laughs> I really wanted it to work out for him. And like I said, they just they messed with him too much. So. Well, Nick, Carlos, will bring you guys into the conversation here. Is there anything, you know, Yankee prospect wise that really jumps out to you? Any potential targets you like as far as an Castillo uh, opportunity? Well, I just have a question about, you know, like like the Yankees strategy. Like, so Fangraphs has the Yankees as a 100% chance of reaching the playoffs. Like, it's they're pretty much playing out the string the rest of the season to get to the playoffs i mean does that kind of change your your mindset as a, a fan of the team as someone who covers the team um in terms of wanting to get like a a player like luis castillo when it's you know pretty well wrapped up as opposed to another year where you're gonna have to really fight to the finish oh no i want it to be like those years when cashman would pull off these crazy like weird trades like when the Yankees got like Jose Canseco and Glenn Allen Hill it's like what are you doing but then it worked out um you know like I want that again I I don't care that they have a hundred I don't I'm you know I'm burned by 2004 still 18 years later so I don't trust anything and um I don't care that they have a hundred percent chance I want to step on people's throats so I want them to do as much as they possibly can to make it a thousand percent guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs. So they need a starter. They need to get Luis Castillo. I don't care how Brian Cashman does it, but he needs to do it. And the outfield, I don't know, you know, Hicks with that, they say is a contusion on his shin last night, but I was at a game six years ago when Mark Teixeira did the same thing and he ended up having a broken leg. So, um, yeah, I feel like outfield and starter is what they need to do. And yeah, there's no amount of, oh, they're going to make the playoff. No, Mm-mm. I've seen too many teams choke, not Yankees necessarily, but I've seen other teams choke. And no, I don't trust it at all. <laughs> is there anyone else on the, the Reds current roster that you would be interested in either as an addition with the, uh, Castillo or as a separate deal? I, I know guys floated have been like Tommy Pham. Brandon Drury, Kyle Farmer, oh, Donna, Donovan Solano. I want Drury back. <laughs> I do. I like him. Not Tommy Fan. Fam. I'm afraid of him. Um, I really thought he was going to hit the umpire tonight like three times. I'm I'm terrified of him because I know he likes to slap people, and I just know. Um, but Brandon Drury, sure, sure, that would be fun to have him back. Solano, sure. Um, I don't know, man. Fam would Fam would fit really well in left field. You know, he's- true. True, said, but I, I mean, I understand you. all the other stuff. If 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 he if you would guarantee best behavior, um, he would be a great fit for the Yankees with you know the, the short porch. True, he play, play a really good left field defense. Yeah, yeah, left field is t- you know it's funny because people always talked about old Yankee Stadium left field, and you know I I had been to some games, um, seeing guys try to navigate the left field in the old stadium, and you know the new stadium is just next to it in the same position, so the sun is in the same place and everything and yeah it's it's tough playing left field in yankee stadium people don't realize that until they do it and then they're like yeah no it's not fun um 
but yeah, I mean, if you can guarantee good behavior, then sure, why not? Tommy Pham. <laughs> Tyler Naquin, our guy Reds in four, uh, he'd be another really good one. I mean, I think he'd be like a nice upgrade probably over Gallo. Um, you know, At this point, I'd be an upgrade over Gallo, and I'm blind in one eye and probably wouldn't be able to hit anything. But, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think Naquin would, would probably cost cost very much either. So. Poor Plus Gallo. Short porch, him, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he would, yeah, he'd be a good. He could kind of have a like, maybe not. I don't know. Obviously, not the same level as like Rizzo, but kind of that. You know, I, I I could see that being a really really good fit for him and his his you know like uh, hitter profile. Right. Yeah. yeah. That and work. all those guys don't have facial hair, so you know, no no changes when they go to the I, Yankees. Yeah, the thing about the facial hair, if you have a nice beard. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't like the beards that look like you can house people in them. That That's just, I, I don't understand. I do understand. I do understand the not wanting to shave thing. I get it because your face is sensitive. You don't want to have to shave every day. Yeah. I get that. Um, but if the Yankees would allow guys to have close cropped beards, that'd be great. I mean, hey, they let Garrett Cole have his little bob that he has, and they never used to do that. But, of course, they're paying him $324 million. And he's probably like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm keeping my hair long. Um, they're loosening up a little bit, but I don't see the Yankees doing like a Charlie Blackman sort of thing where they let that go. Like, no. Um, but I really hope one day soon that they allow some facial hair because it's ridiculous that like they don't get guys like guys are like, I'll never go to the Yankees because I don't want to shave. And that's just so stupid that the Yankees be like, all right, then don't come here, you know, or they make guys shave their heads like they or cut their dreadlocks off. Who was it that they did that to? And then they they DFA'd him like three days later. I can't remember who it was. It was a few years ago. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, why? It's 2022 and George Steinbrenner's dead for like how many years now? 12 years. Like, get over it already. (laughs) Then you definitely can't have Luis Castillo because he can't lose those luscious locks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Um, Yeah. And the mustache thing. I just saw the comment. Um, Yeah. For some reason, yeah, you know, Jason Giambi had the mustache in 08. It was like a whole thing that they did with that. And, uh, you know, they allowed that in the 70s and stuff, too. Well, then again, guys in the 70s all had mustaches. My dad had a mustache, too. Um, I understand the long beard thing. But, yeah, mustaches and regular beards should be fine. I think that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you this before we get you out of here, and you've been awesome and really given a bunch of insight. I greatly appreciate it. So we got the Mets side of this last week, so I have to get the Yankees side. The fact that both teams are playing so well, and mm. both teams are having this awesome year. No, I don't want another like, Subway Series. What? No, 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 I wasn't going there. <laughs> okay. What, what are things like in New York right now with both teams playing at such high levels? It it is it's fun. I mean, I'll say that you know, um, there was that one cool stat, but before the Angels fell off a cliff, that both New York teams and both LA teams—I mean, technically, whatever—were uh, in first place, and now the Angels are—I mean, they, they literally fell off a cliff, and that's not true anymore. Um, but it is fun for both teams to be good. They're playing soon too after the uh, All Star break, so that'll be nice and fun but i was posed that question you know would you want a subway series no i lived through one i don't want to live through another one no yeah, can't do it again I can imagine yeah it was fun because the yankees won it but yeah yeah it's kind of like i made the point last week my buddy's a diehard north carolina fan he was like i don't want to play duke in the final four but now they won in the final four he's like yeah that was great you know i'd do it again it's like of course you <laughs> right. would right right yeah well 
this has been so awesome. I, you're one of the guests I've always wanted to have on here. So I really, really appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. Um, before we get out of, out of here, though, can you please just take a quick second, shout out your show, uh, where people can find you on social media and anything else you want to, by all means, take a moment. Sure. Uh, you can find me at Locked on Yankees. We're on YouTube now. We're getting closer and closer to 1,300 subscribers, and it's it's fun to do the show. I make a lot of funny faces, and, um, you know, that's my thing. And you can find me on Twitter at Stacegots, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S, because Stacey Godsulius is too long. And if you like cats, I'm on Instagram at srgots, and that's usually what I post, my cats, because I have a lot of them. So that's where you can find me. Well, perfect. Well, if this Luis Castillo trade does in fact happen to the Yankees, we'll circle around. And we'll make this happen again. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again for your time, Stacey. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Stacey. Good- Thank you. Bye. All right. So that was a really fun interview. Uh, really excited to have her on. Um, let's kind of talk real quick. So obviously, you know, tonight was a bummer. Um, obviously, didn't go the Reds way. But this is a team that was just on a five-game win streak. You know, like Nick said at the beginning of the game, um, obviously you never want to see a wild pitch go there. But, you know, with a young pitcher like Alexis Diaz, a young pitcher like Tyler Stevenson, that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, one five in a row. We got the we got the Andy Sabo thing to happen. We started it here. And now it's going to happen, to, I guess, tomorrow night on Reds Live. But the way this team was playing, the way they were finding ways to win, last week having four walk-offs, Last night, like I said, being down three nothing in the top in the top of the ninth and scoring four to win, um, I think this kind of goes to what we've been trying, trying to say all year. In the sake of, you know, obviously this team is not going to make some magical run at the playoffs. We know they're going to be so at the trade deadline, but when they're fully healthy, all twenty seven, uh, twenty six, or twenty eight guys are there, depending on what point we're talking in the season. A much better baseball team than their record says they are. Yeah, I mean, this was you know, uh, kind of soul some of the team that that we thought coming into the year you know with with the lineup it's it's a it's a competitive lineup uh you know I, it it just thinks they were you know 3 and 22 and and buried uh i don't know you know a positive spin is maybe we look back on this in 6 or 7 years and the reds get some big hauls of the trade deadline and, you know maybe they would have like been a fool's gold into july and you know, been like three games over 500 and not sold and then, you know, tanked in the second half. So, you know, I don't know, but it, it's been, it's been fun to see. And it, it, I guess it's really been fun that so many of the uh, contributors have been younger players and, and players that are, are, are going to be here for, um, we hope, you know, you know, the long haul with, with Sinzel and, and, in in India, uh, you know, finally coming, coming around. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that part of it's been, been fun for sure. It does feel like with the India thing. Um, yeah, it seems like the bat's kind of coming back slowly, but surely. I know he didn't have the greatest night at the plate tonight. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Dylan Rushman, can't wait for the least start tomorrow against the Reds. That's pretty funny. I like that. Um, this India thing with the defense, it's like giveth and taketh, right? Like today, I mean, last night he pulls the double play that's challenged to win the game. Today, it looks like an easy double play that he doesn't turn and leads to Mike Miner having a rough inning. Um, you know, Carlos, obviously as the pitcher, I know you like kind of have to trust your defense to back you up there, but when these, you know, with India, we've been talking about this forever, like for two years now, he has the flashes where like, oh man, he could be a really good defender. Then he has like, I don't know if it's lack of concentration or what, but we see stuff like we saw tonight. 
I don't know, man. I, I get the sense that he's probably better off like at third base. He's got a strong arm, and I don't think his range is all that great. I I, I think if it's more if it's better as a third baseman, but you know those kind of plays happen um, throughout a season, throughout a game. You just got to kind of try to deal with it and move on to the next one. But overall projection with guys that are coming up. I don't know. I, I think I might pencil in Jonathan India at, 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 at third base. And I don't know, maybe he gains a little bit more muscle, a little bit more weight and becomes a power hit in third baseman instead of trying to be so mobile and being a second baseman. I feel like that might fit his, um, his body type a little bit more, but I don't know. We'll see. Never thought about that. Honestly, that's, that's not a terrible idea. Cause he obviously, you know, he was drafted as a third baseman. But, you know, like every red, just about, except for Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson. Um, but I mean, you see how much like he, he gained muscle over the offseason and he noted it and he looked noticeably bigger. And I don't know, maybe he got a little bit too much muscle to started pulling them, I guess, that he wasn't used to. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he could be a pretty solid power hitting third baseman. I definitely think it's it should be a conversation. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be a it shouldn't be a yeah. He's our second baseman. We're not going to worry about it. I mean, he's now at minus eleven career outs above average at 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 a second base minus four this year. I I've seen no signs of improvement. Um, he made a great throw the other day that made me think. Hey, the the arm you know I think would play it at a at a at third base. So. I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, if, if we don't see any improvement, I don't think they need to do it, you know, mid-season or anything like that. But if there's no improvements, I mean, I think there needs to be a plan to maybe move him to third base or resin four kind of interesting. Maybe Indy is the first baseman of the future. I mean, hey, I, I guess, Stop especially, it. especially if he bulks up. I mean, you know, he's like five foot eight. No, he's six even. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly, that's those are good points. I, I I feel less intelligent that I haven't thought of that. But you guys really make solid points on that. He's yeah, two inches shorter big. than Votto. Two inches shorter. Come on. <laughs> that's a lot, sir. <laughs> I'll be polite. <laughs> uh, time to go place. wake your wives up and ask if two inches is. Whoa! Hey! All right! Oh! Red Sox getting a little frisky here. Whoa! Oh! <laughs> Seriously, go ask him. I'll wait. All right. Now, long we're asleep. good, man. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, so before we kind of get into other conversations, I, I wanted to make mention real quick. Um, first off, uh, under the drafts this weekend, if you want to check out, Carlos talked about his draft experience last year. Uh, that's in our in the archives. You can find that. But also kind of cool that this week uh, the Reds are in Yankee Stadium. Uh, I've talked about it quite a few times on the show in the past, and obviously, but Carlos, you've actually pitched in the sacred halls of Yankee Stadium. You pitched in classic Yankee Stadium. It's last year. Um, I've made mention quite a few times. You struck out Alex Rodriguez, obviously there. You faced Eric Jeter. Um, but obviously kind of having that experience. As a guy who grew up as a baseball fan, obviously, you know, we knew what the Yankees were. They were kind of the bar. And, you know, especially our age group, they were winning World Series, just felt like yearly at times. 
did you kind of get that aura and that vibe in that when you walked in there for those like those, to pitch those games? Oh yeah, the first time that I uh, we went out there, it was um, just for you know pitcher stretch and and you walk out there and you don't really think much of it. You get out there and there's a couple of fans, but you stretch and you throw, get your work in, and then you're kind of like looking around. And see what's all about, and then you're like, "Damn, I remember these these sites from from movies, you know." And the next thing you know, the hitters are out and they're stretching, and and it's time for BP. And I'm still out there, like I've already done my work, and I remember it like like it was yesterday. It was just I'm sitting there in left field, and people starting heads up. And like Trevor Hoffman reaches up, sorry, name drop. He reaches up like above my head and catches a ball. And he's like, hey, man, you got to pay attention. I was like, oh, shit. Like I, I lost I lost where I was at for a second because it was just like, you know, you've seen all these movies. You see all these clips. You see all these commercials. Everything you see growing up is Yankee Stadium. Yankees in the playoffs. Baseball is Yankees growing up, you know, for people like my age. And and Trevor was like, just take it in, man. I got you the rest of the time. And, you know, like I'm just there, like just looking around. And then like that day I get called in to pitch and nothing bothered me. Like I remember start as soon as I started, like took my jacket, I started getting warming up. These guys are like talking about my sisters. They know them by name. Like they, they didn't say anything like too bad, but you know, the fact that they knew my sister's names, I'm like, Oh my gosh. This is crazy. And so warm up, get out there to the game, throw my inning or whatever. But I, I had no recollection recollection of uh, what was really going on. It was just all so fast. And then I get in the dugout and I knew I was done. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my God, I just picked, pitched in Yankee Stadium. Like I walked down the same tunnel that so many greats have ever walked down. And it's just like the movie shows. It's like this wide the entire way down. You have light bulbs that are like flashing because there's water and like mildew and nasty stuff like coming through them and they're like flickering. And you're walking down, you hear your kids go. And you just think of like all the greats that have done that. I mean, Yankee stadium was there forever. And I walked down the same path as them. Like I'll, forever be grateful for that moment that's pretty freaking cool honestly is there a different aura like you know when like Derek Jeter comes to backs I know you faced him I know it didn't go your way obviously but like you hear the classic number two all that what is that what was, is that like kind of like an experience in and of itself um like during the moment no I think I didn't really I didn't really care but whenever I sat down like I said like I remember hearing it number two Derek Jeter, because he still had him. I forget the, I'm sorry. I forget his, his name, but he had already passed away by then. But Derek Jeter still had his recording playing him coming up to bat. It was like number two, Derek Jeter, number two. It's like, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And of course, yes, you struck out Alex Rodriguez, which we love to mention because he's not the most. Hey, but I'm in the hall of fame. I gave up a hit to Derek Jeter or whatever. Yeah. Right. You know, (laughs) You can give up a hit to worse guys, and you know it's pretty okay. Bob Shepard. That's that. Oh, that's the. Uh, okay, yeah. 
perfect thanks dick yeah well thanks for sharing that man i just wanted to make sure you know we got a chance to talk about that because it's obviously pretty cool when your buddy pitched at you know those hollowed grounds um so i want to make sure he kind of got to talk a little bit about the experience there as well um oh before that outing i absolutely i accidentally tipped over a like a like a bookshelf, like Alex or no, Adrian Gonzalez was there watching tape before the game. My locker was like right there next to him. And it, I didn't know it was like a makeshift locker that was there. And like I leaned against it and it tilted over and it hit him on his head <laughs> while he's watching film. Like, oh God, I just killed our best player. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get DFA'd though that day not then shortly after yeah that's really cool man that's really neat experience for sure let's talk a little bit about luis castillo folks making the all-star team for the second time um obviously pitching tomorrow for the reds not against the reds as was mentioned earlier in the conversation dylan rushman um but obviously you know ben lights out of late really you can make the case he's been maybe maybe not the best pitcher in baseball of late, but pretty damn close. Um, you know, if this truly is the end of the Luis Castillo run in Cincinnati, like it sounds like it's going to be, I'm really going to miss him. Um, it's been really awesome, but just seeing him go out the way he has for us has been pretty freaking cool, especially considering he missed so much time this year with injury. To see him doing what he's doing is pretty great. Pitching really well at the uh, best possible time for the long-term future of the Reds. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, Top yeah, pitcher on the market for the trade deadline, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, hopefully goes out and shelves tomorrow and uh, really showcases himself. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited he made the All-Star game. You know, I think the Reds have to trade him. I, I, I made my piece on that. Um, I just, I hope there's a massive bidding war the next couple weeks and, um, you know, get some franchise changing pieces back. Yeah, I'm with it. Are you guys kind of surprised Brandon Drury didn't make it? I mean, I think I, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I, I thought Castillo could be just because, you know, they often, when you're the last place team, they, they just take a pitcher. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if Jury still finds his way on there with injury replacements. Um, I, I mean, Jury's having a great season, but, like, there was other guys that were probably bigger snubs, like Austin Riley. Although, I think that Austin Riley get added. He might have gotten added. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. But, yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't a big snub compared for his position. He wasn't Joey Votto 2010 snow, oh God. Yeah. you know, like nothing like that. I mean, so overall, I think the Reds typically have done pretty well in these games. I remember the Reds were like in last place and got four all-stars one year. Yeah, when, the scooter when, year. When uh, Matheny was the manager, which was just even more bizarre that the Cardinals like guy selected a bunch of Reds. Yeah. What was the year um, Tony Larusa didn't select Brandon Phillips and everyone was like up and up and up and roars and everything? That was pretty funny. Was that eleven? I don't know. Brandon Phillips, man, he 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 didn't make enough All Star games, did he? Yeah, right. Yeah, man, but he did cool things between his legs when he was fielding balls, Dick. Didn't you know? Magical, magical. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, sorry, I had to get the joke in. Um, okay, so John Boy posted this. This is a good list, see? Yeah, because I, I didn't, I didn't really realize this. You know, uh, Peraza, the the second Yankees uh, top prospect at shortstop. Uh, overall, his numbers don't look that good. I didn't realize he's really been um, hitting well the last like twenty eight games. I mean, that's almost a thousand OPS, um, and I know he's a really really good glove shortstop. So um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely like you know Volpe a lot better. Definitely, you know, seems like, you know, the the better player. But, you know, this guy's only 22 years old um, at AAA, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's interesting. I like the 19 steals. Big fan of that. Yeah. How many bunts? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully it's all home runs or bunts. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we want. Yeah, especially the shift's going to be a pie now. Didn't you hear? It's a slice of pie now, what the shift is. So you got to stay within the pie range. Yeah. Let's talk about my guy. Let's talk about some Nixon Zell action here, guys. How about this? He's I know you- back, kind of. But he's <laughs> hurt again. Kind of. Yeah, that was weird tonight, wasn't it? Where it's like he comes in the pinch run. I know he gets thrown out, whatever. But like that, he plays the outfield and then he doesn't hit. So it's like, kind of. No, it was not weird. It's because his back is hard again. Like, okay. it's not weird. No, this is normal for Nick Senzel. This is Nick Senzel. Please stay healthy, man. I know that one seventy three waiter for the last month and four. Not with that attitude. Yeah, can't, we can't have nice things. <laughs> So many things are just fixed with the good Nixon Zell. I mean, I oh, know, man. man. So many. Him and India, if they're good, it's you know, it's different, different trajectory. I mean, yeah, for sure. But you know, been really fun to watch him play of late. I know the power isn't where people want the power to be, um, but you know, the contact rate obviously uh, has been solid. You know, the speed has been be able to show off a little bit. Maybe not so much tonight. But it was a roll to Chapman, so I'm gonna let that one slide. Um, when he picked him off, but no, what the fuck was he doing? No, no, that no, was no, weird. No, it was yeah, you it was definitely let that like slide. Uh, it's it's my it's my my terrible. love and my heart for a roll to Chapman. That's why I'm letting it slide. Uh, anyone else? If that so was much. a high school kid, like the seventh batter in a high school lineup, a high school coach would rip his ass. For getting picked off at first base like that. Much less yeah, in the like, big leagues. What are you doing? The way his shoulder moved, it was like, oh, yeah, that's happening. He's out. Like, that was terrible. So I, I don't I don't want him stealing bases. Why even risk, like, especially this season, just you take one foot off the bag and that's all you he need. He was trying to do something because Stuart Fairchild's coming for that ass. <laughs> He's coming for that starting spot, baby. I think there's going to be a couple outfield spots available. <laughs> yeah, probably a few weeks. Um, but yeah, they're going to be competing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they might be hanging out next to each other. But seriously, with, uh, just stop stealing base. What, what's the point? Like, I don't. He doesn't need to steal. <laughs> just get on base. 
I don't, you know, do the softball. Just stay on the bag. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it shows grittiness. <laughs> Cincinnati no needs grittiness. Show something. <laughs> yeah, it shows something. I've never seen a worse base runner with 80th percentile speed. Yes, Reds and four. Uh, we talked about this last year with Carlos about just fast guys who had an inability to steal. Uh, he talked about Chris Dickerson in the minors for some reason was super fast, but also had the same issues. Chris Dickerson. Traded for Jim Edmonds, right? Yeah. Traded for Jim Edmonds. That's a oh weird ass trade red history. Whole nother conversation there. <laughs> well, it's after midnight. I mean, I, is it allowed? Yeah. I mean, I might have to turn down the lights for this combo. Oh, uh, well, I guess we'll get to some Brandon Drury conversation here because obviously this is kind of the uh, another one of the Reds players just getting a lot of trade conversation. Uh, Rumored to show interest are the Dodgers and the Giants. And we've been talking, Nick, all year, Kyle Farmer to the Giants. Is this the possibility of a combo Drury-Farmer thing here happening? Is this is this what we're getting at with this? Sure, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see... Me too. What brain injury gets, because I have absolutely no idea. Um, it's just, you have a player with like no track record, but he's hitting really well. The stat cast numbers support that it's not some like fluky thing, at least with what he's done. He's cheap as hell. Like he's not like, he's going to cost a team like $300,000. <laughs> like that's it. And, and he's yeah. like a starting, starting caliber player. Like, yeah, but it, but it's, this is only one year of control, so it's it's just it's such a weird weird trade prospect, and I, I I'm fascinated to see. What about what do you think about extending him, offering him you know just for another year, maybe two more years into twenty four, because that's probably going to be pretty cheap. You could probably throw him in between a million to two million a year. Maybe, you know, maybe just two, whatever, for the next couple of years as a guaranteed contract for a guy who has never had one, as opposed to what you're going to get in return for him. I mean, what are you going to get? Like a 25th ranked prospect? Yeah. that, that And you're going to be, and you're going to be um, looking for guys like him next year, even though you're going to be rebuild, rebuilding. And then even in 24, you're going to be re- looking for guys like him. You have him here. He's hitting very well. He's probably the, the best that you're going to get him. Maybe throw, a, throw some money in front of him. See if he stays. I kind of agree could, with this, honestly. You could also trade him and try to sign him in the offseason. <laughs> I mean, that's it's happened. True. Like like Alex Wood. Uh, or Rolls Chapman. The Dodgers traded him. Yeah, the... the Yankees Ross Chapman. I mean, so what are you going to get in a trade? I mean, something like what? He could lower his value somewhere. Else. Trade, trade to San Francisco. He struggles hitting there. <laughs> but like, okay, right now at his peak, what could you get for him? Like, what? Like, like he's a borderline all-star player. What I have, can you get for him for the next three months? I have no idea. That's I'm. I'm fascinated to see. There's just. There's not really like a track record for this type of player getting moved that's this right. cheap like you know um 
Like, he has, like, a higher OPS than, like, I think Chris Bryant had last year. I'm not saying he's Chris Bryant-level player, um, but Chris Bryant cost a ton of money, like $7, 8000000 million for two months. Brandon Drury is costing a team nothing. So I, I just I don't I don't know what what his value is. I mean I think you got to shop him and see. Um, I'm not against signing an extension, but you also got to factor in that you could you know potentially sign him again in the off season. It doesn't you can trade him and and, and still. Uh, I mean you can, but if you offer that now, it matters. Like while he's wearing a Reds uniform, if you say, "Hey, I want you here," that matters to a guy. Sure, sure. Sure, I understand that. I just I just don't see what you're going to get for him. Like, even if he was named an all-star, what are you going to get for three months of Brandon Jury? Three months, of Brandon, a, three months of Brandon Jury at pr- almost the league minimum, though. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big factor in this is, you know, uh, a lot of these teams, you know, maybe not, not the Giants and the Mets and, and those type of teams, you know, but some of these other teams that are in contention, the Mariners, their payroll's lower than the Reds. Like they would love a player like Brandon Jury to add, you know, into their mix um, um, of guys that that's not going to cost them um, the money that they, you know, Tampa have or don't or, or refuse to spend. Yeah, Tampa would be the the type of team that you know they're not going to spend the money. So, it, it, I, I don't know. You know, my Mariners, my Mariners, could they use? Every team could use Brandon Jury. He can play third base, second base, outfield, first base. I mean, I don't know what team could not use Brandon Jury. Probably give you an inning or two. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reds and Four commented, you know, the Cubs got a top-tier prospect for a half year of psychotic Kavi Baez. I think Jury can return something significant. That's a fair point. And like we said, like, like what Nick said, it's like there's no way of telling what this like what it feels like how high or how low his like trade value is just because you don't see this kind of thing happen where this is the guy who signed was they got an invite to the major league camp on spring training on a minor league deal and was a borderline national league all-star like it's just it's not I, common I think at that's all. why i think that's why it'll make it super low on the return because everybody's expecting him to come down even the reds everybody's expecting him to come down to what he was and I'm not so saying you, you're uh, wrong by any means with that. Yeah, because like I said, it's just so fascinating. Yeah, I just that's why I would rather say, you know what? Here's two million dollars for next year. You want to come back? Sign this now. Okay, what if he denies that? Are you trading him? I, I mean, think I, you're doing both. I think you're doing both at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm all for offering him something. You know, maybe it's it's you know something that's that that's low like that. I don't think he would accept that right now. I mean, I think he probably wants to, it, 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 unless you're offering him like a couple years at, you know, maybe 10, 15 million. I don't think he's accepting that right now. I think he's going to want to finish out the season. He's at, he's at a weird spot because he's never done this in his, in his career. So he can be like brave and, and bank on himself. And that could totally screw him over because he's never he's never played at this level before. And if he and if he banks on that, says no, I don't want to sign an extension, and then he goes back to his normal numbers, he he's gonna leave a million dollars on the table. Yeah. He has earned five point seven so far in his career. So he which is kind of surprising. I wouldn't have thought he made that much, but 
Yeah, same. Um, he got a 2020, he got a you know, 2 million in arbitration. Um, and they got DFA'd after the season, but <laughs> you know, there's that. Um, so kind of so moving forward. That even further proves my point. It's all about the money. Get your money when you can, Brandon Jury. Take care Reds, of your chicken. Give him a little bit of money. As uh, Marshawn Lynch said, take care of your chicken. Right, Carlos? I want them to trade someone and then them sign him back in the offseason because I think that'd be fun. It could be yeah. Naquil. Well, we always that want like, that to happen, but it never happens. Ever. That was like the old Hal Morris. Like They would always get rid of Hal Morris and somehow he'd always find his way back to the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The grass isn't uh, the the field isn't always as uh, friendly. <laughs> other places. True. Yeah, it's true. Um, other guys who've been talked about for potential. Ooh, both parties to a tw- two year twelve million. I mean, I think if uh, like Dick just said, Brandon Drury's made five point seven his whole career. If he's getting six a year, I think he's probably pretty interested in that. Yeah, I mean, he'd it, sign it, that tomorrow. I would yeah. sign that. I would sign that under the assumption that he's only bringing back like a twenty fifth prospect. If he's right. bringing, if he's bringing back, you know, teams like, you know, ten fifteen range. I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm trading him and I, I'm cashing in on it. For sure, a, for sure, for sure. I, I'm I'm with you on that, but I don't think he brings back anything near that. I say he probably split the difference. He's probably like right around like the twentieth best. But again, not every farm system is equal, though. So, yeah, that's again, also true. Fascinated to see. I really have no idea. So, feels like it's going to be Tampa. None of us do. <laughs> Castellanos probably ruined teams wanting guys with the crazy GABP road splits. Well, Red Scout 21, Cincy, that's a great conversation because we're starting to talk about a pitcher who seems to have those conversations quite a bit, and that's Tyler Malley. Uh, he was throwing in Cincinnati today. David Belsey's on track to pitch one of the first three games after the All-Star break, which, hey, the three of us hanging out together at those games. Find us. We'll say hello. We'll take pictures. We love you guys. Please, please just start Ladola one of those games. Please. Start yeah, seriously. Come on. Do it for me, David. Um, so, Are you going to sit in the stands and watch? Watch yeah. baseball? Yeah, like if we go to the game, you're going to sit there and watch Lodolo pitch? Of course. That's typically why I go to a baseball game. Yeah, well, I'm going to be walking around, grabbing beers, some nachos, <laughs> maybe ice cream in a cup. Well, where, if I'll, we're I'll sitting where you say we're stack. sitting, you have a uh, private rest- like bar and concessions area. So, And they also bring the food and beer to you on the phone. You can request it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got you, fam. I got you. Um, so <laughs> transition. Thanks, Resin 4. That was that was one of my fighter ones. This is what happens when Tim doesn't fall asleep before the game ends. So you're welcome. Um okay, back to Mally. So we've talked a bit about <laughs> him being a name that comes up for being traded quite a bit. Um Carlos has spoken out. I don't know if he's done as much here. I know he did on Twitter. He has in text message with us that, you know, as if this team's planning on getting better and being good in, you know, 24, like the target year when they're going to be really free of salary cap space and so much under the cap. Uh, maybe this is the guy you keep. Maybe this is the guy that's your ace and starts opening day next year. And I'm not against that. Um, you know, I, I've had my frustrations with him, but it seems of late you've seen kind of how good he can be when he's on. 
And so, you know, Carlos, I know you're kind of been the captain of Don't Trade Tyler Malley, and I've been, you know, a little bit behind you. I wouldn't say co-captain necessarily, but I'm with you on it. Um, you know, what about him that kind of makes you, I don't know, is, is passionate to stick to keep him the right word or? No, it's just, it's just security. Like these three starters, the, the rookie guys that we have there, like, I mean, you don't know what they're going to be like in, in two years. You hope they keep progressing, but they might not, they might regress. You don't know. And someone like Tyler Riley, who's been around for a little while, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, even though his numbers have been, you know, bad at home, you, you got to put the whole package together. I mean, he's a solid pitcher. He's a number, I say like a number three on a playoff team. And if the Reds are going to be a playoff team, he's not going to be their one or two. He's not what they're planning to be the one or two. They're planning on Lodolo and Green, possibly Ashcraft to be to be those top two guys. So, but he's he's that guy that you need around. I, I'm not saying offer him the bank, um, but offer him something to stay here. And if and if he doesn't want to, then then you can trade him. But someone like him to keep around, I feel like is is vital because. You know, you trade him, you trade Luis Castillo. Who who are these pitchers going to learn from? I mean, you just stick around and you listen to a coach the whole time. I mean, that's not going to get you anywhere. You need somebody who's been there, been in the trenches, and and knows what, what they're talking about. And the day after they start, you can sit there and on the stretch line and talk with them and see what happened. Um, if, if he's gone and Castillo's gone, who do you have to teach these guys? Like there's there's nobody in the starting rotation that's going to teach him. I mean, Mike Miner, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's a pretty big deal. So if I'm the Reds, I'm I'm trying to keep Tyler Malley. He's younger than Castillo. He's going to be cheaper, and he's going to be a solid starter. To have a solid starter in your five man rotation with a bunch of question marks, I think that's kind of a wise decision to make. Yeah, there's no question in my book, if I had to choose between Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley with all the factors of age, uh, Malley probably being cheaper still, even though he's younger, I would absolutely 100% have Malley ahead of Castillo. Uh, it's not even close in my book. Um, I mean, you, you look at some of the, you know, like like advanced numbers, I mean, Malley's ahead of Castillo right now. Um, and, and again, I mean, you know, some of those, you know, some of the things that Luis Castillo does... Um, um, have, have kind of outpitched some of the, uh, like the fielding and independent pitching and things like that over the last couple of years. But I think these guys are a lot closer than a lot of people think. So I'm all for that. But there's so many factors with Tyler Malley. Number one, would he even want to resign here? I, I don't know the answer to that. He has struggled at home. Um, he is a guy that is from the West Coast. Um, I don't know the answer to that. See, that's first and foremost is would even want to resign here. And then, I mean, the second part is, is what are teams offering for him? Um, if they're offering big hauls, then I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, it with pitchers, when you can cash in, it's probably the best decision in my opinion, just because of, you know, a lot of the injury risks and things like that. Um, 
But again, I it's just it's really hard to know for sure the direction the Reds should go one way or the other without really knowing those two factors. For, for me, at least, I'm all team. I'm all team. Keep Tyler Malley too, um, unless something happens, like uh, you know they can get some elite top tier prospect to have him pitch in a bigger park. Keep some sort of veteran because I'm afraid of what they'll be, what they'll bring in to be a veteran. Yeah, I agree. I really agree because I don't know. Like you look at like the Pirates. Who's like their veteran pitcher? It's like you don't want to be in that situation, and I don't know. Maybe the Cubs will keep stinking too, and Kyle Hendricks can come to Cincinnati. Is that a possibility? Can we do that? So you have like a fifty ERA, <laughs> Great American yeah. Ballpark. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. So. I guess he he wouldn't have to face Aquino though. So <laughs> yeah, or Bob. Speaking <laughs> of Aristides, oh, we're, we're on our transition night today. We're, we're I thought he got it up. DFA'd option to. Oh, no, he's back. He's back. He's Still back. Two <laughs> Out of walks, necessity, he's back. Two walks tonight in his Louisville rehab debut. Great mm. performance from Aristides this evening. Jake Fraley had a walk in his return. And uh, Justin Dunn is inching closer. Uh, I'm assuming they're probably going to try to keep him. Justin Dunn, go, go ahead and stay in Louisville for a little while longer, brother. What is that? 11 inning pits, nine hit. Oh. Ew. Rehab starts. It's not a rehab start when you're not a big leaguer. Justin Dunn is not a big leaguer. Did he pitch an inning in the minor leagues last year? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's he, the wrong guy. He did not. He pitched the entire season in the big leagues. And what was his numbers? Last year? 3.75 yeah. 3. ERA. For real? <laughs> the, the, yeah, that boy yeah. good. The, the stack-ass, <laughs> numbers, stack-ass numbers were rough. Uh, he, hasn't, he actually hasn't pitched in the minor leagues since uh, 2019. Although I don't know, twenty twenty pitched forty five innings, ten starts. Now that's pretty close to the full season, right? It's one out of six games, right? Yeah. So I mean, real, yeah. So realistically, he he's been a major league pitcher since twenty nineteen. He just had some injuries, so shows what I know. <laughs> Lucas Sims, he gone. Yeah, out for the year. Connor, Connor Overton, though, you know, turning towards yeah. coming back when we get some pitchers Stop shut it. down. He's gonna My finish guy? out the season. My guy, CO. I'm here for a Connor Overton September 25th no hitter. Yeah, against the Pirates because he like kicked their ass the games he pitched against them this year. Let's do it. Yeah. You yeah. guys. Gotta have something positive to talk about here, Carlos. Obviously, besides our good friend Ellie De La Cruz, who continues to shock people. So I gotta mention this real quick. I had a buddy who went to the Dragons game last weekend. It was last week of the week they were in town for like their 37 games in a row. Um, and he was like, I'm here to check out LED to the cruise. I'll give I'll text you my thoughts. And I said, okay, he goes, well, yeah, he's like, he made two really good defensive plays had a couple of loop looping liners. And he goes, he's fast as fuck. <laughs> that was the scouting report. So as we're seeing, sorry for my language, but it's after midnight. So I think we're okay at this point. 
but just in case i'm just quoting what was text to me um but yeah you know 361 on base 610 slugging that ops is very sexy uh 2020 season so far and homers is still in bases um arm layton did say you know he's probably gonna be an easy better prospect than jason dominguez and like stacy talked about earlier right now it's looking like it so yeah, I think he's up to 21 in the the Baseball America update. Um, probably going to climb even higher than that. I mean, he hit five home runs in the last week. So, yeah, uh, Dale Cruz will be in the Futures game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Available on Peacock along with Andrew Abbott. Um, and then uh, I have a feeling he might be bumped up to Chattanooga after that. It sounds Sounds like that would kind of be a good transition point um i was listening to the dragons broadcast on my way into the uh uh to see the dragons yesterday of course alio de la cruz did not play thank, thank thanks guys for that and uh, uh the dragons uh play-by-play announcer was speculating on that so that kind of made me think yeah maybe he, he he thinks there's something going on there so um look at those alan serta numbers look at the ops yeah serta is uh Really killing it, power wise. Um, he he's got a really high walk rate. I think it's like seventeen percent, but a pretty high K rate as well. So, um, a little bit of good and bad there. But yeah, I mean, he's he's on the forty man roster, so um, hopefully he continues to progress. You know, maybe he can kind of get into the mix. You know, maybe some point next year. That'd be kind of cool. You're hitting two nineteen at double A. You're not getting in the mix, buddy. It's 372 on base percentage, though. Yeah, to hitting 219. Okay. Uh, and then a guy I, I threw in there, uh, Matt Nelson. Uh, he was the only guy really in Dayton that stood out yesterday because they had like three hits. Uh, they, they got dominated with uh, Dale Cruz out of the lineup. Uh, but he did throw out two runners. Uh, he looked really, really good. Uh, me and uh, 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 Joel Luckup actually was sit next to each other. We were both very impressed with him um, behind the plate. Uh, he was the uh, first round pick, like the the, the comp pick uh, in the first round last year. Um, I think he's obviously got a long ways to go with the bat, but uh, really was impressed with his uh, uh, defensive ability. Were y'all wearing like scout unis? Were y'all wearing like Hawaiian button downs? <laughs> Straw hat? Radar gun. Just taking like, notes. their faces. Yeah. Stopwatch. I had a polo. I had a polo because I was, you know, in, I was on my lunch break at the game. So <laughs> you got to go all out, Nick. Yeah, bro. Come on. But yeah. And then, of course, Chase Petty continued to make that Sunday grade trade look very, very nice for the future of the Reds. So hope that keeps up. All right. That brings us to. The remaining schedule before the All-Star break where, you know, they have one more game tomorrow in Yankee Stadium. Luis Castillo potentially will be making his next few starts of as a member of the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium after this, uh, like we talked about earlier in the show. Um, and then after that, you get to see the three young guns go against the St. Louis Cardinals with Hunter Green pitching on Friday, Nick Lodola Saturday, and Graham Ashcraft Sunday. Um, going against Andre Paolante, Miles Mikolas, and Steven Matz. So... And then, of course, they're off Monday and the All-Star Games Tuesday. And they come back and play St. Louis again for six in a row. So that's when the boys, the boys being the three of us, will be in GABP hanging out, celebrating my birthday. 
having some beers, watching, watching baseball, watching trade rumors, watching trade rumors. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a hard time doing an emergency podcast <laughs> from the, yeah. We'll go to Carlos's hotel room, wherever that is. I'll just bring, I'll just put my equipment there just in case. I'll pack my mic. <laughs> I got plenty of extra mics, so you don't have to worry about bringing anything. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously a lot of fun there. And then, uh, yeah, as always, if you're uh, really enjoying the show and you're really uh, supporting the brand, which we're very grateful, we're seeing some uh, sales pick up there. Uh, go ahead and check out latenightreds.merchmake.com where you can get t-shirts, sweatshirts, dog bandanas, Carlos, dog bandanas, dog bandanas, um, coasters, shot glasses, things like that. So you guys wanted a big red platoon t-shirt. We got one up there for you. Um, in multiple colors as well. So, uh, yeah, check those out and, uh, you know, support the show, some love for the team. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, this has been, you know, a really fun couple of weeks to talk about the Reds. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I was the one that booked our two guests, but, you know, actually had a really good insight on the Yankee on the New York teams with potential lose Castillo trade market back to back weeks. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, like we said, so uh, we were the infamous podcast that asked Miss Annie Sabo how many wins it would take for her to break out the Rex specs. And she said five. So she did tweet. It sounds like she'll be breaking those out tomorrow on TV. She didn't say pre or post game. Uh, so you have to watch both. I know we will be. Um, but yeah, how the Reds- rude were you that they didn't win tonight? I'm I'm a team player, man. Even if I was drinking You're a lot of bourbon that night. If they won three more games. Um, I mean, I was going to have to explain it to my wife, but I mean, it's on wax. You know, you can't back out of wax. <laughs> we still, oh, you wait till that late. Tell them about that September schedule, Nick. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Might as well go ahead and schedule the appointment for mid October. Who do we got in September, Nick? Just not sure we're going to have the pitching to get, get eight, <laughs> eight wins in a row. <laughs> Connor Overton can't start every night. <laughs> gets the pirates when they play them seven games in a row. Yeah. But we're going to go ahead and close this out. Uh, thanks for tuning in after. I forgot what it is like to have these seven, 10 games that are these six forties. Not a fan of it for six forties. Not going to lie to you. I hate six forty. Do you? I don't mind it on the podcast nights, but yeah, during the wait. Yeah. Wait till you have some youngsters running around. Uh, You'll That's you'll fair. not you won't appreciate six forty. Well, hell, you know you got the Guardians playing at six ten. I mean, I'm like up there. I can only imagine what that's like. So, but thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to our guests, Stacey Gatsoulias. Be sure to check her out if you want to get some more Yankees trade talks in there as well. And of course, uh, check out our friends at Bet Online. Use our promo code Believe Fifty for that fifty percent welcome bonus. Take it easy, everyone.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.